and welcome to episode number five of the J-Bear podcast. Recording this on a Monday evening here in southern Indiana. A pretty chilly night outside, mostly cloudy skies right now. I'm starting to open up all these podcasts like I do a lot of my radio shows uh, each day. I typically do these on a Saturday or Sunday, but just with as busy of a weekend as we have had with the Big Ten Championship being held yesterday, and it didn't get over till super late by the time. Uh, it was over, it was late in the evening, and I'm not going to sit down that late on a Sunday night and record a podcast, so I figured tonight would be the best time to do it. But we do have a lot to talk about on this show. We, of course, have got uh, the Big Ten Championship, some of t- uh, the tournaments for the NCAA already being punched, so many conference tournaments already wrapping up. Of course, this is one of my favorite weeks of the year when we do uh, conference championship week because there's college basketball on almost every single night and even teams you've never heard of. Sometimes, to me, when I see these conferences, like the MAC, the SWEAC, the MAAC, uh, the Horizon League, the Southern Conference, all those, when I see these kind of no-name schools that people, you know, they're just like, oh, whatever. When I see how much passion they have for winning a conference championship, it's a really, really special, special moment. And uh, it's pretty awesome to see. All these schools are taking part in conference tournaments. You know, I was fortunate enough when I was in college to be a part of the women's basketball team at Hanover as a student uh, assistant for three years and then an assistant coach for one year. Uh, and we, during my four years there, we were able to win two conference titles. And there is a great, great feeling uh, when you do that to see how happy these schools are um, to see it. Radford, um, when you saw just how excited those guys were, I mean, they mobbed everyone. You would have think they just won the national title, uh, what they did. And that's why I do love Championship Week because it puts all these smaller no-name schools uh, on the forefront and you get to see just how much fun they have uh, in their leagues. And suddenly you also start to realize how good some of these teams are. So uh, a lot to talk about in Conference Tournament Week. Um, Going to be also discussing some high school basketball. Congratulations to the Southwestern Rebels boys basketball team. They are sectional 45 champions with a nine-point victory over Switzerland County this past weekend. Congratulations to Coach Baumholt. His 12th sectional championship. Uh, Really, really special moment to see. I was fortunate to work with Coach Baumholt for four years as well. Uh, Great, great coach, and congratulations to him on an outstanding achievement, uh, winning his 12th sectional crown. They got a pretty favorable draw, if I say so myself, uh, coming up uh, this Saturday. Uh, at Paoli High School, and they will be in IHSAA regional action. But there are some very, very good teams in that regional as well. I will talk about that coming up in just a little while and what I think my thoughts are on it, uh, my thoughts on high school basketball as a whole this year, um, and then we will discuss uh, more and more uh, on that. So let's start off with college basketball uh, from over the weekend, of course, uh, the Big Ten Championship was held a week earlier, which, for the record, is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. They do this for no reason at all. They say, well, it's because we have to play it early because we want to use Madison Square Garden. Who the fuck are you trying to appeal with playing the Big Ten Tournament in the Madison Square Garden? Rutgers? Okay, Rutgers made the quarterfinals. Congratulations. Do you want a damn cookie? Rutgers is terrible. Why not play it in Indianapolis every year? Why not play it in Chicago? Maybe switch back and forth. Indianapolis, Chicago. How about Detroit? You know, those are cities that make sense. Madison Square Garden, beautiful arena. But it makes no sense to play the Big Ten Championship there. Last year, you played in Washington, D.C. because you want to appeal to Maryland. 
This year, the SEC tournament is in St. Louis. Well, that's because, well, they want to appeal to Missouri. Yes, because we all know how much Missouri people love their basketball, even though for years and years, when the tournament was held in Atlanta, Georgia, and Nashville, I'm pretty sure Kentucky fans still outnumbered Georgia fans, Vanderbilt fans, and Tennessee fans. They outnumbered all of them. So I'd, I'd love to get this logic behind everyone, which apparently the these conferences have none uh, because some of this stuff just makes zero sense at all. But congratulations to the Michigan Wolverines. Um, they, uh, let me tell you what, that's a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous team uh, in the tournament there. Uh, they really, really could uh, make some significant noise in the NCAA tournament last year. You saw how well they did. They knocked off uh, Louisville in the second round. Louisville, if you remember, had a hell of a team last year. And you see how much uh, they uh, have improved th this year. John Beeline, I won't lie, for the longest time I was not sold on him. I don't know why. For some reason, I was just never sold on John Beeline as a great coach. And I don't mean that as a shot to him. I just didn't see much. But over these last couple of years, I'm starting to realize how good of a coach uh, John Beeline really is. So uh, I give him a lot of props. Uh, Purdue, they just look stagnant in the SEC, in the Big Ten Championship, excuse me. And and I don't know what it was. Like, I was watching it with my little brother, and I told him what the score was, and he's like, what? And I just watched it. I ended up turning it off. I'm like, this is awful. And... They just did not look good. They didn't look in it. They just didn't look motivated to be there. While Michigan, they came out, they wanted to win a championship. So they came out, they won a championship. So I'm happy for them. Uh, congratulations to the Wolverines. They now get to sit back, relax, and uh, wait about a week and a half before next Sunday. They'll find out where they go, and then they'll be playing probably Thursday or Friday, uh, depending on what site they will go to. Rest of the Big Ten tournament, um, when I look at some of the teams there, Michigan State, I still think, is the favorite to win it all. That is a team that scares me more than anything. How in the hell they are projected to be a three seed right now, I find that ridiculous and absurd. Uh, they, to me, are without a doubt a one or a two seed. They are so um, put well put together. They're so well coached. To me, Michigan State's the most dangerous team in the tournament. Michigan State is still my pick as of right now to win it. If you had me to just pick, okay, Jordan, pick your one team, I would do it. However, um, we will see uh, once the draw comes out uh, next Sunday, and then we'll see uh, where all the teams are going, and then I'll be able to kind of give you a better uh, understanding of where I think all the teams will be uh, come the time the tournament is winding down. Uh, next week on the podcast, Rob Connett, uh, my co-worker and uh, someone who does a bracket challenge every year and knows how the selection committee works. He's going to be joining me on the podcast. We will be doing that next week. I'm very, very excited. It'll be the second show I've had with a guest. Of course, Taylor Shaw was on here a couple weeks ago. We talked soccer, uh, but Rob Connett going to be joining me next week uh, for our NCAA March Madness uh, podcast. So be on the lookout for that early next week. I should hopefully have that posted uh, sometime next Monday or Tuesday. And uh, if for some reason the show doesn't happen, I will keep you all in the loop. And then uh, we'll give our predictions and everything. Uh, but right now, again, going back you know, to Michigan and Michigan State, those two teams are dangerous. Michigan's playing better than anybody right now. And now they have a championship momentum going in. Plus, then they get to relax and get rested up before the NCAA tournament begins. I mean, they got all this planned ahead of time. And they are... I mean, that to me, I, it's good and bad in the sense of this. 
it's good in the sense of if any of these teams that are going to make the NCAA tournament from the Big Ten, you know Michigan is, obviously. They're an automatic qualifier. You know Michigan State will. You know Purdue will. You know teams like that will. So now the question is, what are they going to do? Are they going to take advantage of this because they're going to have so much time off? For some teams may not like it. A team, I won't lie, like Michigan State, this would terrify me if I'm the rest of the country because Michigan State is a team, they're just sitting back waiting. And if I'm Michigan, I want to keep playing at a semi-regular basis because they're playing so hot right now, and now they have to wait a week and a half before they can play again. So uh, to me, again, pros and cons to it all. Um, but the rest of the tournament, you know, uh, obviously uh, that's the only uh, big tournament, uh, conference tournament that they've had uh, so far uh, in the NCAA. Uh, Radford has clinched Lipscomb. Uh, clinched a spot in the NCAA tournament as well. There are multiple other um, entities that have uh, some of the more smaller uh, uh, conferences that already have. Uh, you've seen some of them, again, uh, taking a look. Again, Lipscomb, of course, they are in for the first time ever. Loyola Chicago, uh, they won the Missouri Valley Conference. Again, Radford. Cincinnati, they won the American Conference outright, beating Wichita State. Uh, that was one hell of a game to watch on Sunday if you missed it. So a whole lot of stuff. Murray State, uh, they won the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament. Um, really, really special team. If you remember when Isaiah Cannon was there a couple of years ago. And uh, it's pretty incredible to see uh, where all these teams are doing. Murray State, a team that can make a lot of noise. Loyola, Loyola Chicago, a team that knocked off Florida at Florida earlier this year. Um, so you never know. Uh, some of these smaller teams really could uh, make some noise come the big dance. Um, we're going to hopefully have a few more spots clinched here over the next couple of days. Let's talk about uh, the area teams, um, starting with the Indiana Hoosiers. Um, more than likely, they played their final season. And look, uh, it was a rough uh Season for Indiana, they did finish with the 500 record, which is good, but clearly it wasn't good enough to win to make the NCAA tournament. As far as Archie Miller, I look on the first season, I'm just like, you know what? Congratulations. You know, you did get 500, but you're going to have to do more. Now, next year, what is he going to do? What's he going to have back? Is he going to land Romeo Lankford? If he lands Romeo Lankford, then we're talking a whole different ballgame here. But if he doesn't land Romeo Langford, then what else is he going to bring in? There's so much to do uh, for Indiana to become a power again. Now, Archie Miller, I still think, is a great, great, great coach. And I hope Indiana improves because I think it's fun for basketball when you see um, things like this, when you see all these teams um, you know, being able to, to be good, when you see all of our area teams be good, when you see Indiana, Kentucky, Louisville every year be in the top portion of the tournament, I think that's awesome to see. I think it's fun to see. Unfortunately, uh, we just really uh, don't see all that much right now, and hopefully Indiana turns it around because Purdue, they're going to take a big step back. They're losing a lot after this year. They'll still be solid, but they're going to take a big step back. I promise you they will because when you lose that many players, Purdue's not a team that's going to be able to just come in and say, okay, um, I got everything now. Uh, they're not going to bring in the five-star recruits. So they have before, but they're not going to do what, you know, Kentucky does or what 
uh, Michigan State does or North Carolina or Kansas. You won't do what they do. So for Indiana uh, and Purdue, I think next year they'll be very, very even because I do think Indiana will get better once Archie Miller gets some you know, water under his feet and he starts you know, getting some of his players in there. I could, you know, Jawan Morgan, I believe he's going to come back. So it'll be interesting to see how much he improves next year. Devontae Green coming back as well. And then again, will they get Romeo Langford? That is the question there. So that's my thoughts on Indiana. Um, again, if you ask me to grade Archie Miller on his uh, first season with the Hoosiers, I would say I would give him... Oh, I'd give him a B minus because I don't. He was he had very little to work with. The reason I give him a B minus though, you lose at home to Fort Wayne, you lose at home to uh, Indiana State. Not only do you lose at home to both of those schools, you get your fucking ass kicked by both of those schools. To me, that's why it's a B minus. If it hadn't been for that, I could give him a B or a B plus, but still, you, you can't lose to both of those teams and expect for me to say, well. Sorry, I'll overlook those because those are really, really tough losses to overlook. The Louisville Cardinals. Uh, my goodness. And I, I'm going to say something on here that I never thought I would say about the Louisville Cardinals. I genuinely feel very, very bad for the Louisville Cardinals. I really, really do. I was watching their game against Virginia. Let's count this down real quick, amongst other things. So first of all, you have... Uh, McMahon at the line for Louisville, who's over a 90% free throw shooter, misses two free throws. Inexcusable. Inexcusable for a 90% free throw shooter to miss two free throws. Or for any Division One player to miss it at that stage of the game. At that stage in the game, you need to be hitting your free throws. Especially if you're 90%. That's inexcusable to miss two at that stage. Okay, but let's say even without that. So then... They end up building a four-point lead on Virginia. Again, Virginia, the team, the number one team in the country, a team that had lost only two games all year. Louisville had them beat. So what happens? Louisville is up three. They defend the, sh the shot really well, and they go down. They hit one free throw. It's a four-point game. There's less than 10 seconds left. Okay, you think that's the end of it because Virginia's out of timeouts. They're just going to have to go down and pray. Okay, so they go down, and Louisville, all they have to do is defend. They win the game. So what happens? Virginia goes down, shoots a three, boop, gets a foul called on them on the three. Now, I get why a lot of people were mad. Do I think it was a foul? No, it wasn't. However, what kind of fucking dumbass tries to defend any shot when you are up four with less than five seconds left. He shot that ball. When he fouled him, there was .9 left on the clock. What kind of fucking moron tries to defend that shot? Seriously, what kind of moron does that? Why do you even try to defend that? Why, why if you're David Padgett, do you not tell your players, hey, stand at midcourt, don't move. Or just have them stand under the bucket. That way, they, at least they're there to rebound. But don't even guard them. Because so what if he hits the three? Guess what? At that point, it's only a one-point game. Then you can run the baseline. We'll get to the baseline in just a moment. Okay. So you foul him. Well, you know what's going to happen. He hits the first two, and then he misses the third one on purpose. Or he tries to. However, he gets called for a lane violation. He stepped over the line too soon. So it doesn't matter. Louisville ball, .9 seconds left. Louisville is up by two. 
So then Dangadel is taking it out of bounds. The referee points down to the floor. You can see it on video. He points. He says, hold your spot. And what does Dangadel do? Going to move a few feet to the left. Guess what, dumbass? You can't do that. After the referee just told you what happened, he just told you, and you did it anyway. That's like putting up a sign that says, don't stick a fork in the electrical socket. And not only do you stick a fork in there, you stick a knife in there. I mean, really? So, 0.9 seconds left. Virginia inbounding the ball. And then what happens? Dangadel loses his defender. They get a wide open three, banks it in. Game over. Virginia wins. That would have put Louisville in the NCAA tournament. That is ridiculous how they lost that game. If I'm a Louisville fan, yeah, obviously I'm upset, but I'm more pissed off because the team, David Padgett should be ashamed of himself, the way he coached that game. Again, why are you defending a three when you're up by four with that much time left? Why? I'm still waiting for an answer, y'all. And I don't have one yet because it's ridiculous is what it is. I don't, you don't do that. So, okay, let's get past that. Even then, after you do that, you get a chance. You get a chance. Okay, all you have to do is inbound the ball. Throw the ball long. Just get someone to touch it. And if you do that, because as soon as someone touches it, game's going to be over. But no. He runs the baseline after the referee had told him, hold your spot. And then they bank in a three. If they had won that game, they would be in the NCAA tournament. But now, they're probably right now on the outside looking in. I think Dave Amon, uh, who's an NBC bracketologist who was on Coach's Quarter with Tim on Saturday, who's an outstanding uh, sports analyst, uh, does a great job when it comes to bracketology. I mean, I think he has them as their last four in, but that just can't happen. So here is what I think needs to happen with Louisville. First of all, they ha I thought they had to beat NC State on the road. Nope, they don't. Lose to NC State on the road. So let's look at everything else uh, with the uh, Louisville Cardinals. Now you have to look ahead and then say to... The Cardinals, okay, we have the ACC tournament. In my opinion, you sure as hell have to win one game. And in my opinion, Louisville has to win two. For me, in order for Louisville to be a lock, they have to win at least two games in the ACC tournament. If they don't win one, they're out. If they win one, they're probably in. But for me to be a lock, if I'm putting together the bracket or he had me uh, put my two cents in, I think to be a lock, they need to win at least Two games. I think if they win two games, they're a lock. David Padgett should be commended. He has done a good job this year with the little he has. But he was terrible in that game. And again, I'm a Kentucky fan. I'm going to talk about Kentucky here briefly in just a moment. But I'm telling you what. I genuinely felt sorry for the Louisville Cardinals. I really, really did. I mean, 
I I I was speechless. I even put on my status, what the heck, Louisville Cardinals. I mean, I genuinely felt bad for that team because I want David Padgett to do well because he doesn't have any control over what happened. You know, the vacated national championship, the vacated Final Four, the scandal, the FBI scandal, which is, I'm not even really going to get into that this show because I talked about that at length last week. Go back and listen to an old show if you want to hear my rant on that. So I think we've got a lot of stuff looking at the Cardinals, but to me, in order for them to be a lock, they have to win at least two games in the ACC tournament. Let's talk about the Kentucky Wildcats now. Um, lost at Florida on Saturday, a game they just looked downright terrible. A game when Florida, uh, in the second half, they just they, they just looked like they had given up. They looked like they had quit in this early in the second half, although they did cut it to single digits, which I was proud of. That showed me that they still had fight which is what I want to see. I want to see fight out of this team. However, um, you can't do what they did. Coach Cal said it best. He said they reverted back to what we've seen, and that's exactly what happened. They reverted back to what we saw during that four-game losing streak. During that four-game losing streak, that's what we saw. Selfish play. Knox not playing well. Diallo being non-existent. They, he might as well have stayed on the bus. Nick Richards is a pansy. Yes, you heard me say it on here. I don't care how hard that is on him. He is a pansy. He couldn't do anything. I could outmuscle him, and I'm 5'9 and fat. And I could outmuscle Nick Richards. He is a pansy. And again, I'm going to say the same thing. Prove me wrong, Nick Richards, and I'll apologize on here. I was wrong when I said about Kentucky. Kentucky, you know, they're a lock in the NCAA tournament because what happened? They started playing together. And look what they did. Great win against Alabama. Went down an amazing victory at Arkansas. Then you get a couple great victories against Missouri, a victory against Ole Miss, and you think, okay, this team finally starting to turn it around. And nope, won't happen. Then they do what they did against Florida. Now, my thoughts on the SEC tournament. I'm very, very confident with Kentucky in the SEC tournament. Why? Because I love the draw Kentucky got. Well, draw, whatever. We all suddenly, any of us that were Kentucky fans, became Missouri fans at the end of the night. Because with Missouri beating Arkansas, Kentucky got the four seat. So they got a double bye. And here's the thing. Kentucky in the quarterfinals, because they automatically get a bye to the quarterfinals, they're going to have to play in order to make it to the final. They'll have to play probably Missouri, which I think is a very winnable game. And then they're going to probably have to play Auburn in the semifinals. I think Auburn is very, very beatable. Kentucky almost beat them down at Auburn. And Auburn, don't forget, is down now their big guy. Their big guy's out for the year. Now, Auburn's still a solid team, mind you. But still, uh, I think Kentucky is very, very capable of that. Now, in the final, on the other side, you got Florida and Tennessee, who both swept Kentucky this year. And they're going to have to beat up on each other. So I love Kentucky's draw. To me, Kentucky, I have Kentucky in the final. And I really do, because I'm very, very confident with where with the seeding that Kentucky got. And the fact that they got a double bye, that's huge for this team. And I'm very, very happy for that. Um, it kind of made the loss not as bad on Saturday once I saw that, because I was not expecting them to win at Florida. Now, I wasn't expecting them to get their fucking ass beat. But, you know, I talked for another day. Kentucky did outscore Florida in the second half, which was nice to see. However... 
you know, you can't let a team do what they did in the first half. There was no defense. They're getting beat off the dribble so badly. They're off They're off the dribble defense so bad. They were letting Florida just hit three after three, which is just unacceptable. You know, supposedly you have one of the better perimeter defenses, but yet you do that. You can't let a team do that. Um, so, but Florida, they're, they're not a bad team. When they're hitting their shots, they are tough to beat. I'll give them that. But uh, I'm interested to see what Kentucky does in the SEC tournament. I'm excited for it. Um, so uh, we'll talk about that on a podcast next week because one thing I'm going to do next week on the podcast uh, with Rob is we're going to go through all of our area teams that are in it, uh, whether it be Cincinnati, Xavier, Kentucky, Louisville if they make it, uh, Purdue, and we're going to kind of break it down to see what all they did and what all the outlook is for the season because right now we don't know uh, for the NCAA tournament because – we don't know what draw they have because some people are going to get better draws than others. So let's see what happens uh, come uh, NCAA tournament selection time uh, next week. So uh, I'm very, very excited for that. And again, Rob and I will have more on that next week. All right. So enough college basketball talk because uh, that's all I really have for you right now because there's nothing new. Uh, again, congratulations to the Michigan Wolverines and any of my friends that are Michigan fans. Uh, listening to this. Congratulations to you all. I know that's exciting. And uh, right now, let's wait and see uh, what happened, uh, what will happen, I should say, with uh, the rest of the tournaments this week. And uh, I'm excited to talk to you all about it next week. Let's talk high school basketball now. Um, congratulations again to the Southwestern Rebels. They are your Class 2A Sectional 45 champions. Uh, a very, very thrilling victory over Switzerland County on Saturday night. Uh, congratulations to Tyler Kramer, who was named the tournament MVP, uh, had 29 points in the sectional championship in the victory. Um, you know, they were a great team all year long. Uh, as I said last week on the show, I projected them to win, uh, and I was, you know, not disappointed uh, and uh, not proven wrong. Congratulations to the Rebels, an outstanding season. Congratulations especially to Coleman Jones and Caleb Bentley, two seniors, who when they were freshmen went like 2-22, and 22, and now suddenly you've won over 20 games. Your sectional champions, you have a really good chance at the regionals this upcoming week. Um, congratulations to those two young men uh, there. Uh, I couldn't be prouder of them uh, for sticking with it because I know a lot of things look bleak, uh, you know, looking ahead, looking back at that record. But you know what? Y'all stuck with it, and it's a pretty special uh, thing to see a team come together like that. So congratulations to Southwestern. Congratulations to Outstanding Seasons by Madison and uh, Shaw Memorial uh, for Madison. I know their uh, season came to a close last Wednesday against Franklin County. Franklin County ended up making the sectional final. Um, but congratulations to all the seniors on the Madison squad. Coach Mark McFarlane really did special things with that team this year. I really thought they played well down the stretch. Uh, an excellent defensive team. going to be interesting to see what this uh, really good freshman class will do next year at Madison. I'm excited to see it. Shaw Memorial, they got better and better as the year went on. Uh, they won a sectional game the first time they'd won a sectional game since 2000. And 13, um, and then gave Edinburgh, a team that ultimately won the sectional, everything they wanted. It was a one-point game with a chance to take the lead in the third quarter. Unfortunately, uh, the crumbs didn't fall that way. But congratulations to my alma mater on an outstanding season. Uh, you did win five games, which is more than what you won last year. Uh, I know, again, that doesn't sound like a lot, but as I just said with Southwestern, they won two, and then they started building up. And I told uh, Skylar Edwards, who's uh, one of the seniors on the team, I said, you started something here. I said, this team's going to get better and better, and it all starts with this group. 
Coach Mike Brown is such a fabulous coach. He is going to do great, great, great things with this Shaw program. I'm excited to see what they are going to do uh, next year, and I really do believe uh, they could surprise some people next year. they got some solid eighth graders coming up that I'm excited to watch. But, um, again, let's talk about Southwestern. An outstanding season. Uh, Coach Jerry Baumholt uh, and the crew have just been outstanding on getting this team together. They're so un- they're so disciplined, uh, unselfish. I mean, everything about it, they do everything so well. They don't beat themselves. Uh, they're so good uh, at the basic fundamentals of the game. Um, they're one of the top teams assist-wise in the state. Tyler Kramer is one of the best scores I have seen in my lifetime. Just a pure score. I mean, he's averaging 25 points a game. He can do that with his eyes shut. I mean, an unbelievable game for Tyler Kramer, TK. Uh, so congratulations to you, man. Uh, you deserve a whole lot of credit. Now for Southwestern, they look ahead to regional action. So you can celebrate the sectional championship, but you got to get back to work and prepare for this Saturday. Awaiting Southwestern in the regional is kind of a shocker. It's the Austin Eagles. A lot of people expected Henryville to make their way out of that sectional. Of course, Henryville and Southwestern squared off for the JCIT championship back in December, which Henryville won by 25, but then Henryville got upset, and then Clarksville got upset in the final, so the Austin Eagles. Now, these two teams played earlier in the season, and uh, it was a victory for Southwestern, but I think we all know a lot of things have changed since then. Austin uh, playing some very, very good basketball right now. Uh, Deserves a lot of credit for getting out of that sectional, because that is a tough, tough, tough sectional to play in. out at Paoli High School, which coincidentally enough is where the regional will be held. So uh, Southwestern squares off with Austin. For those that do listen to this, if you cannot make it out to Paoli High School, um, we will have it for you. Uh, my radio station will works 96.7 FM. Uh, we will have that for you there. Uh, coverage beginning at 945 on Saturday. So for those that, uh, again, can't make it out to Paoli, it's about an hour and 20 minute drive or so from Madison. So uh, it's through Salem. Once you drive through Salem, you just keep going driving, and it'll eventually get you to Paoli. Um, so if you can't make it out there, though, or you don't want to make that drive, don't worry. Uh, WRX, again, that's 96.7 FM. Uh, if you're listening to this and you want to listen to it online, WRXradio.com, you can listen live on there as well. We will have that game for you. But I'm excited for the game. I think it will be a barn burner. I really do believe I'm not going to pick uh, whom I think is going to win the entire thing. I don't want to do that. Um, because in high school basketball, you never know. But to me, I really do believe that that game between Southwestern and Austin will be a barn burner because people could say, well, they you know, they beat them earlier in the year. Well, a lot of things happen. Austin got shellacked by Clarksville earlier in the year, and they responded by beating them in the sectional championship. So many, many things have changed since then. I think that is going to be a great, great game between two really well-coached teams. I really do mean that. Uh, two outstanding coaches at Austin and Southwestern. Uh, it should be a fun game to watch. I will be at Paoli High School, so if you see me there, say hey. Uh, but I will be there uh, watching the game um, and uh, watching a couple other teams as well. Uh, speaking of the other teams in that regional, one is South Knox. South Knox is having an outstanding season. They're 17-9 and nine, uh, overall on the year. Uh, they knocked off Linton Stockton in triple overtime in the first game of their sectional, went on to win that sectional at North Knox. Linton Stockton, one of the best teams in the state, they got knocked off in triple overtime. And then the other team, the Forest Park Rangers, a very, very good team, 22 
and four on the year. Um, ranked one of the top teams in the state of Indiana still. Uh, have a big 6-9 center, Kurt Hope, only a freshman, who is already getting looks from Division One schools. Uh, I'm very, very excited to see him play. I saw him play as a 7th grader because his older sister is a dear friend of mine. Um, but uh, I, he's only gotten better and better, so I'm very, very excited to see him uh, play uh, in that game coming up on Saturday. Uh, I, I, If you want my honest opinion, I think Forest Park is the favorite. Um, I know Southwestern may be ranked higher, and uh, you know they may have a better record, but I'm being honest with you. I think Forest Park is the favorite because Forest Park has seen a lot better talent than what Southwestern has. I'm not saying Southwestern's not good, but what I'm saying is I just they just Southwestern has not seen what Forest Park has. Forest Park's in a great area for basketball. So to me, I think uh, if I if you made me pick the favorite, I'd pick Forest Park. But again, just because you're the favorite, that doesn't mean jack shit. So uh, don't forget that the two winners then meet up Saturday night for the regional championship. Uh, it's going to be a fun, fun regional. I'm really, really excited to see it. Um, always exciting to see an area team play in the regional. Uh, you see the whole community really come together uh, and ask them, um, you know, and just you you root for them because, again, you you root for the community. It doesn't matter whether it's Madison, Shaw, Southwestern. You, I, you know, one thing I was always taught growing up was you root for the community because when, when something hap- like this happens to the community, it's good for the community. And I completely agree. So uh, best of luck to Southwestern and all those great schools this Saturday at the regional. All right. A few more minutes left here. Got some questions uh, that you all sent in. Uh, this past week that I'm going to answer some of them. Uh, some of them are kind of out there, so I won't answer all of them. I'm sorry if I don't get to them. Jordan, what are your thoughts on Trump's tariff uh, nonsense this week? I mean, I don't like it. He's basically trying to start a trade war. Um, one of my friends said something this week. He said, I think the Republicans will let him get away with a lot as far as his outlandish comments and his tweets. But now that he's starting a trade war, that's something that a lot of even big-name Republicans will step in and say, nah, this won't happen. So they better hope that this doesn't start a trade war, because if it does, Trump's days are numbered in the White House. Uh, he'll they, The Republicans will move to impeach him. And I genuinely mean that. If he tries to start a trade war, which does not need to happen. So um, that's my thoughts on that. Again, Trump just really saying some things that I don't agree with. Um, he met with lawmakers uh, discussing gun control. Of course, I discussed gun control on here last week. Um, again, gun, tr- gun control is something that's a very, very touchy subject around the country right now. And uh, I hope that, uh, you know, I hope something gets done. I mean, again, I, I'm not for an assault weapons ban. I won't be for that. I will never support an assault weapons ban. Um, but again, so, there's got to be a compromise or something because right now nothing's going to get done. I applaud President Trump for meeting with uh, some of the uh, both bipartisan leaders. Now, some of his st- strategies, he said, take the guns first, make it take it first, and then due process later. Uh, yeah, Trump, not how that works, but really, really not how that works. Uh, that's actually you know something called a democracy. So, uh, yeah, sorry about your luck there. So he kind of made himself look like a jackass there. And Tucker Carlson said it best. He said Republicans, you know, he said Republicans are, you know, not raising a whole lot of hell. But he said something really great one time. He said, what if Barack Obama had ever said that? And he's absolutely right. The Republicans would have raised hell if Barack Obama had ever said something like that. They would have flipped shit. 
So I completely agree with Tucker Carlson, who's one of my favorite uh, political shows. Um, I completely agree with him on that. So, uh, yeah, those are my thoughts on Mr. Trump this past week. Jordan, you didn't answer it last week. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't get to this question last week. Who, what party stays in control come the midterms this year? This is tough because uh, a lot of people say there's a blue wall coming um, around. Uh, I'm going to actually say I still think the Republicans are going to hold. Um, in the Senate, I actually think the Republicans are going to pick up a couple seats because right now it's a 51-49 majority for Republicans. I think the Republicans are going to get um, the uh, majority still. I think they're going to probably get two or three more seats because the Democrats have like 24 seats uh, for grabs in the Senate. And I don't see the Democrats winning them all. I really, really don't. Joe Donnelly, the Democratic senator here in Indiana, he is vulnerable. He is very, very, very vulnerable in this election. However, a lot of people uh, you know, are coming out and voting for Democrats. Now, I very rarely vote for Democrats. I have voted for Democrats, but a lot of times the Republicans do uh, have more of what I want, um, you know, especially in the case of you know, gun rights and uh, you know, religious freedom and school choice, and being pro-life, those are things that mean a lot to me. So, uh, you know, I really do think the Senate, I think the Republicans shouldn't be worried about the Senate. However, the House of Representatives, that is tough. Because the House of Representatives, that is hit or miss all the time. However, I am going to say Republicans keep control. I talked to one of my friends who is who was a political science major in college, and uh, he said he believes the Republicans hold the House and the Senate. So um, we'll see what happens in the midterms this year, um, but I'm going to go Republicans for the House, but I'm not confident. I, I'd probably say 55 to 60% sure Republicans hold the House. For the Senate, I'd probably say Republicans could keep the Senate 85 to 90%. Like, I'm pretty confident about the Senate. I'm really not worried about the Senate at all. Um, again, maybe I'll be surprised, but the Senate I'm not too worried about just because the Democrats have so many seats uh, up for grabs there. Um, Jordan, what surprised you the most of any high school basketball, uh, this weekend? Uh, it was Austin beating Clarksville. I mean, I, I really thought Clarksville was gonna, was gonna win that sectional, um, because Clarksville would then meet up with Southwestern, whom Southwestern beat Clarksville this year. Um, that's a game I thought Clarksville would really, really be looking their chops to get back at. However, a lot of times when you have a huge win, cause they beat Henryville, that's a huge win. Then you have a letdown. And that's what happened. So I think uh, that that to me was one of the biggest one I saw. I wasn't surprised by New Albany. I called New Albany to win that game. Um, you know, Romeo Langford continuing to be just the phenomenal player that he is. And they just knocked off one of the best teams in the state. Two of the better teams in the state in Class 4A got knocked off in that sectional. And now New Albany uh, continues to move on. So congratulations uh, to them. Uh, but yeah, the biggest surprise to me was Austin uh, knocking off uh, Clarksville in that sectional final. A couple other questions here. Jordan on Kentucky's team, who do you think leaves? Oh, man, that's tough. I'm going to say this right now. The only one that's for sure gone is Kevin Knox because Kevin Knox is going to be a lottery pick. He's the only one that's for sure gone. Shea Gilgis Alexander, I hear a lot of talk. He might go, but I'm not sold on it. Uh, he very easily could go, though. I mean, so if you had me to ask, I'd probably say for sure Kevin Knox, maybe kind of kind of probable Shea Gilgis-Alexander, but I think everyone else comes back. 
Like I even think Hami comes back because right now Hami he wouldn't get picked anywhere. And to me, he is. There's no way if I'm a general manager, there's no way in hell I pick him. No way. So I think Hami will come back, which a couple months ago I said sure as hell wouldn't happen. So I think Hami comes back. Um, and Jared Vanderbilt, people ask about him. Fact is, he can't score. You can't go to the NBA if you can't score. You cannot go to the NBA if you can't score. So uh, I'm going to go Kevin Knox for sure. Probable is Alexander. And then uh, I'd say that's it, honestly. I'd say those are the only two. And then if they get uh, this this uh, Barrett guy, not Barrett, um, uh, I forget. Uh, is it Montgomery? EJ Montgomery? Maybe that's his name. Yeah, he's a guy there. I think if they if they can get him next year, it could be really really special uh, for Kentucky. Uh, just a couple more questions uh, here to get to. Um, right here, Jordan um, in the NBA right now. The Houston Rockets are making a lot of noise. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, to me, Golden State still is the team to beat. Um, they earned that respect, but. Um, the Rockets are really good, though, man. Chris Paul makes that team so much better. And, you know, what Mike D'Antoni's done this year, he deserves a lot of credit. Um, but the Rockets are a scary, scary team, man. That is a frightening, frightening, frightening team. So I think what will happen, I think Golden State and Houston will meet in the Western Conference Finals, and I think the, game, the series goes seven. That's what I think there. All right, so two more questions. Uh, that I have here, Jordan. What are your what's your outlook for the Cincinnati Reds this year? Um, again, it depends on what pitching they're going to get. If they get some pitching, they're going to be really, really good because their offense is as good as anybody's. But the fact is, right now their pitching is fucking terrible. Yeah, I mean it is fucking terrible. But they've got to they've got to fix that. They fix their pitching, they'll be good. They don't fix their pitching, it's going to be the same shit every year. So that is my outlook for the Reds this year. Uh, final question, Jordan, what were your thoughts on the Academy Awards? Uh, I don't know. didn't really watch much of it because uh, if I wanted to see uh, a bunch of A-list celebrities that have no issues in their life and nothing really honestly happening to them because of the fact they're multimillionaires, and although they may tell you they've faced uh, trials and tribulations in their adult life, that's fucking bullshit. Um, if I wanted to see people insult Republicans, insult conservatives, and insult Donald Trump, and insult Mike Pence, insult Christians, if I wanted to see that, I'd watch MSNBC or CNN. So that's what I mean that there. Um, I agreed with the awards, though. Gary Oldman, absolutely fantastic. Francis McDormand, unbelievable job. And three billboards outside uh, there. Uh, just an unbelievable show. Um, Jordan Peele, uh, congratulations to him on uh, Best Original Screenplay uh, and Get Out. He deserves to be commended. He did such a terrific job with that film there. So uh, a lot of good things happening award-wise that I liked. However, um, I didn't really watch the show because I don't care. I was watching Fear Factor during the show uh, because I don't like seeing people just bash conservatives and Republicans and Donald Trump. That gets old really, really quick. And then they talk about issues that I won't lie. I really don't give a fuck about. I really don't. Shit, I don't really want to talk about. So I don't care. So I don't watch it. Just being honest with you. All right, that's all the questions I got for you this week. Uh, that's going to wrap up the podcast. Thanks for tuning in, as always. Um, again, don't forget, next week, Rob Connett is going to be joining me 
for our March Madness show. We are going to uh, be looking at the brackets. Of course, it's going to be released on Sunday. Uh, then Rob and I are going to be looking at the brackets coming up um, the, throughout the week. And then uh, we will do our show. We'll give our predictions on what we think will happen, uh, the outlook of it, and amongst other things. So again, Rob Connick going to be joining me next week on the J Bear Podcast. Should be a fun show as always. Folks, thanks for tuning in. God bless you. Be kind to each other today. Again, don't forget who cares what your political beliefs are. Who cares what you want to believe in? Love each other because that's right now what we need. Um, and my quote for you today is this. Take it from me. I'm not quoting anybody. Just make this a J-Bear quote. It's so easy to be negative toward other people. It's so easy to just be mean to everyone. But it's hard to look at someone that you vehemently disagree with and say, you know what? They're a human being. They deserve respect too. And the people that can sit there and respect everyone, regardless of what their political beliefs are, that to me is what's really special about our society. End quote. All right, folks, that's it for me today. Enjoy the rest of your week. God bless each and every one of you. Again, best of luck to the Southwestern Rebels uh, for regionals this coming Saturday. Uh, I will not have another podcast before then, so uh, we will see what happens coming up on Saturday. But best of luck to the Southwestern Rebels in regional play this Saturday. That's it for me, folks. God bless each and every one of you. I'll talk to you later. This has been the J-Bear Podcast, episode number five. (laughs) 